a good thing that came out of the COVID uh, pandemic is that we have had an uptake in registrations in our parish, most of which are many young families. And so that is a wonderful thing. And it is through your generosity and your welcome to the people when they come here that enable them to join, decide to join us. And also we have our snowbirds coming back. So it is important or maybe wise to remind ourselves of some concerns that especially our snowbirds are having with regards to the mask policy. The diocese recommends, but does not require. You are not demanded to wear a mask here at St. Anthony. If you choose to wear one, you're welcome to. If you choose not to wear one, you're welcome to. All are welcome. So there, and plus remember, especially you Northerners, I was one of them, that's what, 30 years ago, we cannot recreate the North and the South. And thanks be to God, the pandemic in the South, and in this part of the South especially, is not as dramatic as it might have been up in the North, where there are more rigid protocols. So just, we do not have wars over masks here. We are a family of God, and we accept that. If it is too uncomfortable for you, remember that the bishop still has dispensation for everyone, to not obliged to come to Mass on Sunday. And plus, there are other parishes in the area, I'm getting in trouble for saying this, but uh, there are other parishes in the area that require masks. So if you're uncomfortable coming because people aren't wearing masks, there are other places you can be going so that you're not distracted or concerned that we're not wearing masks here. With that being said, communion policy. Okay, this, is, this, this causes a little bit of a consternation for Americans. However, if you're going to receive communion on the tongue, you must be in my line, on my side, and you must be able to receive communion on the tongue. That does not, I caused chaos at the 8 o'clock class when I made this announcement. That does not mean you can only receive on the tongue on my line. But if you're receiving on the tongue, you can only be on my line. You can still receive on the hand, on my line, on my side. So just be mindful of that. And so, okay, so here's the thing. If you've ever been to Italy, and you've seen how they drive in Italy, and that congestion of just chaos, and that they find their way, well, when it comes to communion, throw out American sensibility, and just be chaos. So that if you're on this side of the church, and you want to receive on the tongue, find your way into this line. Don't hold up this side of the line. But Father, I'm sitting on this side. How can I go on that side? Hello, walk around. <laughs> it's not that complicated. Let's not overcomplicate these things. And then also, there is no offertory collection with the baskets as we used to do, but that does not mean there's no offertory. So when you come in or when you go, if you place your offertory in one of the boxes at the doors, or some people are mailing it in or dropping off during the week, whatever works best for you, that is fine. The Word of God this morning. The Word of God this morning causes many of us consternation. Because over the past 
probably, I would dare say, since the 80s, there has been a movement among Christians to define Christianity by being nice. If you're nice, that means you're a Christian. Now, I would like to bet, I would like to anyone to show me any place in the Bible where it says to be nice. It doesn't. There's no the niceness written in the scripture. Because being a Christian is beyond from nice. And so when we read this, this parable, what do, we, what do we see? What do people say? Oh, those wise virgins, they're mean. They're not sharing. Well, the reality is, my brothers and sisters, and we have to remember, the parable is a story to convey a religious truth. It is not to be taken literally. It is to convey a religious truth. And what Jesus is trying to point out in this parable is that there are certain things which cannot be shared. For example, my relationship with the Lord. I cannot share my relationship with the Lord with all of you. I can encourage you. I can try to guide you in a relationship. But my relationship with the Lord is mine. Yours is yours. It can't be shared. My experience and my desire to love, as the gospel calls us, is a gift that a God has given to me that we all we all receive, but we all use it in different ways. So I cannot call, you cannot use and experience the love in which I share to, in the same man, in the same manner. It's your it's a relationship of love, forgiveness, mercy that is individual to you. It all stems from our relationship with Jesus Christ. And from my relationship with Jesus Christ, I can act in a kind way. I can act, I should be acting in a loving way. I should be acting in a charitable way. I should be acting in a forgiving way. But that I cannot give to you. That is a, that is a personal relationship. You know, that's, I mean, our Protestant brothers and sisters have it right when they ask, do you have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? And sadly, we as Catholics, we like, I don't know. Well, how many you don't know? How do you don't know? You have to know. You have one. You have a personal relationship, or maybe you don't. And maybe that's the problem. And maybe that's the situation of our church today, that many people profess a belief in faith, but they don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. In these past several months, we have heard a lot. And I've had a lot of people. As an introvert, I listen. I listen a lot more than I speak. At the pulpit, I speak a lot. But out there in the ground, on the grounds, I don't speak that much. I listen. And I listen. And in listening to people, Listening to people, I can tell by listening to people exactly where they stand politically. Because that's all they've been talking about. However, I could not, I don't have a clue of all of those people who speak politically, I don't have a clue of any knowledge of their relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I've never heard them mention his name. I've never heard them say anything about Jesus Christ. They might have said, I have to go to church. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to church in the morning. That's not a relationship with Jesus Christ. 
coming to Mass on Sunday is not a relationship with Jesus Christ. My relationship with Jesus Christ forces me, just makes me desire to come to church on Sunday. But just because I'm showing up at church on Sunday doesn't mean I have a relationship with Christ. I could be here, sitting here, miserable, saying, well, this priest never shut up. What are we getting this over with? That's not a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the understanding that I gotta, I gotta click in my get out of hell free card so I go to mass so I don't go to hell. That's not what we're talking about. And this is what Jesus is getting at. This is the root of what Jesus speaks. I mean, Jesus is speaking to the people of God and the people who are willing to listen to him. Where are you going to be listening to me? Are you in a relationship with me? Because this, I, I'm accused of being too negative in my preaching. But, you know, I'm just trying to be realistic of sharing with you the reality of the world and the reality of, of our relationship with the Lord. Because unless you've been living in a basket or in a cave or something, our country is godless. We are no longer a godly country. Now that puts people up in arms. It shouldn't. It's just realistic. It is the reality of where we're at. And you and I as believers must understand what we are up against. The early Christians, the early apostles knew that they were up against persecution. They didn't say, oh, we're persecuted, let's run and hide. No, they knew they were going to be persecuted, but what they did was they persevered. They persevered because they recognized the gift which they, had been, they received. The gift that God has given to them being in relationship with him. And then we go further in this gospel, and now it gets even worse because now we don't just have been wise virgins, now we have meaning Jesus Christ. Because the ones who were dawdling, the ones who procrastinated, the ones who weren't prepared, now they got there and the door's been locked and they're banging on the door, let us in. To which Jesus says, who are you? I don't know who you are, bye bye. Oh my gosh, how did Jesus be so mean? The thing that we have lost grasp of in our understanding of love, because it's been bantered around and described in so many different ways, but God is all love. God is perfect love. And in perfect love, there is justice. Justice and love are not separated. They are one reality in the perfection of God, which you and I are called to live by. You and I are called to be consumed in the love of God and to live a life of love and justice in our own life and in our dealings with those around us. But very often we're unwilling to do that. And so, so just to understand what happens when there is a party in a home in this time of history, unlike our day and age, where we need to have houses with 14 rooms, seven bathrooms, and everything else that goes with it. Back in this day, houses were small. Whether you were rich or whether you were poor, you had a small house. But the house always had a courtyard with it. And so when you entered the doorway, it's really the coolest thing because it still exists in parts of Europe. When you enter into the doorway, you're still outside. It looks like you're going into a brick building, but you go in and there's no roof, you're all out in a courtyard. And then you have the house itself. 
However, because houses were so small, the, the parties had to exist within the whole house and courtyard, and all the furniture got pushed to the sides, and the doors got blocked. Oh my god, fire hazard. Isn't that amazing? They weren't concerned with that back then, they were so insurance. So they were told the doors would be blocked. So if you were late, no ticky, no shirty. There was no coming in late to church back then in those days. If you were late, you couldn't get in. Because they weren't going to go to the hassle of moving all that furniture in order to open the door for you, who was not prepared, who was not mindful of the time. So Jesus, but there's another aspect to this story where Jesus says, I do not know, I say to you, I do not know you. The story here, the foolish virgins are knocking on the door to get into heaven. That's not how it works. We do not knock on the door to get into heaven. Jesus knocks on the door of our heart for us to open it up to him, not the other way around. Jesus knocks on the door to be in relationship with us, to be part of our lives. And are we willing to open that door to let him in? First question. And second question, do we let him stay? Very often we're very willing to open that door. Come on in, Jesus. You're welcome. Come anywhere you want except this room. This room is just my room alone. You stay out. And then when he tries to get into that room, you just say, well, you know what? I don't want you here at all. Get out. And people do that. People reject the relationship they have with God, the relationship they have with Jesus, and that's something that we should be mindful of. But again, when we open our hearts to Jesus, when we allow him in, and we grow in that relationship, then we begin to live as he wants us to live. We possess tremendous gifts. The gifts of God's love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his joy, his kindness. We receive the fruits of the Spirit. We receive the, the gifts of the Spirit. We receive all that Jesus brings with him. And the good news about that, my brothers and sisters, is that is what we bring with us into eternity. You're not bringing your checkbook. You're not bringing your relationships on earth. You're bringing, first and foremost, a relationship with God. And only your relationship with God, with, through, and in Him are your relationships of earth brought into eternity. But it's our relationship with God which is paramount. That is what we bring with us, and that is what cannot be shared. That is something that must be developed on our own, and we're given the ways in which we develop it. We develop it through going to church and receiving the sacraments. We develop it through our own personal prayer life. We develop it through meditating, reading the Word of God. We, we, uh, we grow in it by doing acts of charity. These are ways in which my relationship with the Lord is strengthened, that the gift, the relationship I have, is able to persevere so that we can do and survive the long haul. <clears throat> Many people were, were saying, oh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to say Sunday about the election. I'm not saying anything about the election. I don't preach politics contrary to popular belief. I, don't, I preach the Word of God. 
And one of the things in which I will say about this election and the Word of God and the scriptures we have today is that in listening to people, to why they particularly voted for a candidate, very often what I heard people saying is based on a hatred for a man. Their hatred for a man caused their choice of electing the other man. My brothers and sisters, hopefully, as Catholic Christians, that was not what motivated our decision. Hopefully, we recognize that hatred in any form is contrary to our life in Christ. Hatred in any form is one of the things which throws Christ out of our heart, which pushes him to the curb. Hatred is incompatible with Christianity. And yet, my brothers and sisters, very often, how often, and you know, we reflect, are we motivated by our actions and what we do by hatred, a desire for vengeance, a desire of jealousy to cause us to act in certain ways, all these ways which are unpleasing to God, but all these ways that we overlook, that we don't reflect upon. This is the word. This is the time the Lord gives us to reflect upon it through His Word He's given us today. Because he tells us in the second reading, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose, so too will God through Jesus bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So therefore, we do not want you, brothers and sisters, to grieve like the rest who have no hope. Our hope is in Jesus Christ, and our hope is in our relationship with him. Nothing and no one can take my relationship with Jesus Christ away. No pope, no bishop, no president, no minister, no one. No one can take my relationship with the Lord away unless I allow it out. No individual should cause my relationship to Jesus Christ to be ruined. Because Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our source of eternal life. Jesus welcomes us into that relationship. Jesus desires to be in that relationship. And too often we poo-poo that relationship. Yes, Lord, I love you, but not, not enough. Yes, Lord, I love you, but not enough to love my neighbor. Not enough to love, oh my gosh, my enemy. Oh my gosh, to love the elected president of the United States. Oh my gosh, how can I? Well, how can I? There's no how. It's, uh, there's no how can. It's I must. I must, no matter who the president of the United States is, I must love him. And I must pray for him. I must pray for him and pray for his goodness, his wisdom, and his ability to run the country as God sees fit not as man sees fit. But we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about that because why? We divorce our faith from our politics. And in so doing, we find ourselves in a mess. Our relationship with God, my brothers and sisters, is what should be motivating every single aspect of my life. 
The very fact that I breathe and take in nourishment should be guided by my relationship with Jesus Christ. I can breathe and take nourishment because God loves me and has given me this day. He has given me this day to serve him. He didn't give me this day to get all I want. He didn't give me this day to get everything I could get out of this day for myself or for my loved ones. He gave me this day to serve him. And not just me as a priest, but for all of us who are part of the community of faith. And this is what we constantly must have to work against because through our woundedness of original sin, we are left with selfishness. We are left with that me, myself, and I. We're left with that question, what's in it for me? And as long as we ask those questions, we hinder the relationship that the Lord calls us to. As long as we ask those questions, we hinder growing in that relationship with Almighty God. My brothers and sisters, chaos exists around us. If unless you've been living in a cave, the world in which we currently live on, live in, is going wackadoodle. However, God, Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It doesn't matter how chaotic the world gets. It doesn't matter what's happening out there in the world. Do not allow the devil to use that chaos to affect your relationship with Jesus Christ. That is, he is our salvation. He is what's going to get us into heaven. Not the president, not an elected official. It is Jesus himself, not even our favorite saint. Saint Dominic, as much as I love him, I know he's not getting me into heaven. I can follow his example. I can try to become like him, but he's not getting me into heaven. It is Jesus who gets me into heaven. So my brothers and sisters, let us prayerfully reflect this week of where is my relationship with the Lord? Am I doing all that I can to grow in that relationship and make it stronger? Am I doing all that I can to be a living witness of that relationship to this world who cries out to know Jesus Christ? Am I trying to know more and more about the Lord who desires and already knows all about us? So that when it comes to that moment, when the bridegroom is here to rescue us, to take us to himself, to eternity, he is not going to say, Lord, to say to us, Amen, I say to you, I do not know you. Let us pray that we will be always aligned with the wise and not the foolish. We will recognize this great gift of our relationship, we will strengthen it with the gifts he has given to us, the sacramental life, the word of God, meditating on scripture, let us strive to grow in that holiness he calls us to. Because one day, my friends, the Lord will call us to himself, and let us go out to meet him with great joy and confidence, because we have started our relationship with him here on earth to be forever in eternity, always with the Lord, the angels, and the saints. Praise be Jesus Christ's name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.